Hello to the loveliest people in the whole world, God's wonderful people. I'm in California, and I want to talk to you about how to live with no limits. Dear Chad is sitting right here, and he was asking me a few days ago to speak about living in the spirit, because people really right now throughout the world are afraid of what could happen with the war that's going on between Russia and the Ukraine. There's a lot of talk about war in Europe, nuclear war. I don't think nuclear war will happen, but anyways, that's just my opinion, and I think I'm right on this one. Let's believe altogether that God will not allow it, of course. But I think if we pray, it just won't, it won't come. But still, enough troubles in the world today, we need to be free from them and free from the fear of the future. And the only way I know is what the Bible says. And the Bible says, we live with no limits. We are, we are the people of heaven with the heavenly vision. So Father, we come in Jesus' mighty name, and Lord, I pray you'll speak to your people today on this wonderful Tuesday in Jesus' glorious and awesome name. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. I was in Texas last week, and I came to see my beautiful grandkids in Cali. I've not seen them for a while. My precious Tasha's here and her beautiful two children. Anyways, let's talk about what's, what is important now. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 3. Let's all go to 1 Corinthians 3. And if you have any questions to ask me, I want you to ask me, Chaddy, sitting right here, by the way. Therefore, let no man, I'm reading verse 21. Therefore, let no man glory in men. For all things are yours. That's an amazingly powerful statement. All things, period, are yours. Whether it's Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, meaning Peter, or the world. Think about the authority this gives us. The world is yours. Or life, or death, or things present, or things to come. All are yours. This is saying now very, very clearly, God has given the church the authority to literally control what happens on earth. Isn't that amazing? In prayer, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Prayer is omnipotent. Why? Well, because prayer can do anything God can do. Oh, you like that, didn't you, Jackson? Think, think about what, what I just said. God is omnipotent. Nothing is impossible with the Lord. Well, prayer is omnipotent. Because prayer can do anything God can do. When we pray, God acts. Done. So prayer can keep this world from blowing up. Catherine Kuhlman, I've shared that story before, but in case you have not heard me, Catherine Kuhlman was asked a question by Christian Life magazine years ago. And they said, if there's one advice you can give the church, what would that advice be? She said, no nation is stronger than its spiritual forces. Meaning that the world today has no power over those spiritual forces. The church does. Because everything that happens on earth today is the result of some kind of 
activity in the heavenlies. Satan wants to destroy prophecy by causing it to happen before God's timing. No. The Bible says the rapture will happen first before some terrible nuclear war happens on earth. The rapture must come first. The devil wants it to happen now to prevent the second coming of the Lord or the rapture. He, he, he just won't succeed, that's all. But we have to pray. The church has tremendous power, but we cannot experience the power of God unless we believe what, what I just read. All things are yours. Okay, now, the minute you and I are saved, we enter into a world of no limits because faith has no limits. Um, unbelief relies on limits. Unbelief relies on what happened, what will happen. Unbelief relies on what we know in the flesh. But in the spirit, there's no, there's no limits. Example, when someone who says I'm saved, but he's living in unbelief, he remembers his old life. But when we are really walking with God, our old life is gone. We cannot go back and look at it. We can't even think about it. We don't want to. It doesn't exist. Because it says whoever is in Christ is a new creation. Everything old is passed away. Everything is new. Now, or we believe it or we don't. I've chosen to, be, to believe that. Now, um, that also means, let's say I'm talking to somebody here who says, well, I used to do drugs or I used to be an alcoholic or whatever before I got saved. Well, it never happened. In God's books, it never happened. You have to be free from the past. It never happened. You say, well, now, how about if I do something after I'm saved? Well, once you repent, God says, I will not remember your sins anymore. I mean, do we believe the Bible or not? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it's clear in the Bible, I will not remember your sins anymore. God repeats it more than once in Scripture, which means it never happened. Now, that does not give us license to sin. Because how can you sin against someone you love? How can you sin against someone who loves you so much and forgiven, has forgiven you so many times? You just go on sinning. You, 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 you just do not go on sinning against someone who loves you. Now, okay, we all sin, we all fall short, of course. But a, a true believer cannot plan it. A true Christian cannot say to, okay, now I'm going to go lie tomorrow. I'm going to go cheat tomorrow. No, because it's not in you to do that. We all fail because we're weak. God understands that. He remembers our frame. 
He knoweth our frame, and he knows and remembers we are dust. It says so in the Psalms. So his mercies are greater than the heavens. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. He bared our sins in the depth of the sea. So we don't have a, a past. We have no past reference. That's what I mean by no limitations. Now, when Paul said, all things are yours, and when he said, would you mind, <laughs> for some reason I touched the wrong button there. Just get, get that, oh, because I'm reading my Bible on my phone. Oh, no, I did it again, <laughs> please. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay, so it says, uh, all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world, or life or death or things present or things to come. Isn't that amazing? He did not even mention the, the past. He, he, he didn't say past. No, he said present or future. <laughs> because the past doesn't exist. But still, we have authority in the Spirit. We have incredible authority in the spirit. So, let's go on. Um, in numbers, think about, think about, oh, that's better, thank you. He brought me his iPad, I love it. Okay. Think about the ten spies who went into, who went, uh, here, I can just give you the back, uh, who spied the promised land. They came back in the flesh saying, well, we saw giants in there. We, we, and then when they saw giants, they polluted a whole nation with their unbelief and, and questioning God's promise. Think about a people who saw God destroy Egypt, who saw God split the Red Sea for them, who actually heard his voice audibly, who gave them the Ten Commandments audibly. And now 10 of them, just 10 of them, go into the promised land and come back. Of course, 12 went in, but these 10 were people of unbelief. They came back, except for Caleb and Joshua. Those 10 came back with this terrible news of, well, we can't do it, we're not going to make it. And the people who saw the glory of God over and over and over and over, the power of God, this spirit with such incredible power, oh, no, we're going to all die. You see what happened with them? They were limited by unbelief, limited by their doubt and questions and, and negativity. God says, look, be free from that. So now there's a war go going on. So there's been other wars. There will be other wars. It doesn't change anything about our life as believers. And you have to understand something. I mean, I, forgive me for being raw and blunt. Let's say someone dies in a war. Well, Paul said to me, for me to die is gain. He said, whether I am alive or dead, I belong to Jesus. No fear. Now, I don't believe that this war is going to get nuclear. But I can tell you, I'm sure some precious Ukrainians who have been killed were Christians. Think about all the people who died in different wars in the past. Think about all the people 
who are being killed for the Christian faith around the world today without a war. More people are getting killed now for the faith of Jesus Christ than ever before in history. Thousands, thousands are being killed now for the faith. Are they worried about why? No. They take it with joy. With joy. It's getting a little cold in here, Jeff. Thank you. But, but the thing is, we are a heavenly people. So, Numbers 13, Numbers 14, you know the story. They go into the promised land. There's giants. Caleb and Joshua come back. So, they, they say, no, God will take care of us. And those 10 people, here is the problem. N not one time, if you look at, at, at those portions in Numbers 13 and 14, not one time did they mention the Lord. Those 10 men, never one time in the, in the report said God. The only ones who did were Caleb and Joshua. The 10 said, oh, there's giants. But two said, the Lord our God is with us. That's the difference. That's the difference. And when you see the Lord, everything changes. Everything changes. Um, and the whole thing, like, you know, you, you, you read like, you know, Hebrews 4.2, like why did not Israel believe? Well, because they did not want to. They rejected faith. They heard, you know what? They heard the gospel. Israel heard the gospel repeatedly through every uh, uh, type and shadow in the Old Testament. You know what is so, so shocking to me? The sign of the cross was revealed to them before they even left Egypt. When God said, apply the blood on the lintel and the two side posts. The sign of the cross was revealed to them in the tabernacle. And what are they afraid of today? The cross. It's a stumbling block for them. It says to the Jew, a stumbling block. Yet the cross is repeatedly shown to them in the Old Covenant. Think about, you know, Moses coming to God saying, well, we're in a place, there's water here, but it's all bitter. There, uh, you know, there, it's poisoned water. God says, you see that tree there? Cast it in, the cross. Snakes bite them because they complain and murmured. God said, put a pole up there and a brazen servant, the cross. But they didn't see it. They did not want to see it. Very few of them did see it, thank God. Because Moses himself did. Because it says in, in Hebrews, he saw the reproach of Christ. And because he saw the reproach of Christ, meaning, meaning the work of Calvary, he rejected the pleasures of Egypt. Isn't that awesome? That's in Hebrews 11. It says very, very clearly, he rejected the pleasures of Egypt. He saw the cross. Hallelujah. Wow. But anyways, let's just keep, keep, keep going from here. The Bible tells us something so powerful. That faith becomes alive when we do one thing. You want to just read this for me? Romans 13, 14. You can hear them there now. In Romans 13, 14, it says, do this one thing. And if we do this one thing, we will live in the spirit 
and those things will disappear from our eyes. Okay, Chedi. What, let us, what is it? Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord ah, Jesus Christ eh? and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Meaning that when you and I put on Christ, the flesh stops seeing, functioning. Put on Christ and don't let the flesh run your life. Be clothed with him and you'll come into the realm of heaven. This is why the scripture says the flesh and the huh? spirit are at enmity against yeah, each other. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Because we cannot live, we cannot live in the spirit if we let the flesh rule our life. And the only way to get the flesh out of our lives is to put on Christ. To be baptized into Christ. The Bible talks about, talks about baptism into Christ. Nothing to do with, with water baptism. Baptism into Christ means literally he covers us. Completely covers us. It's just no different than you in a swimming pool under the water. Or it's no different than if you took some little something and put it in an envelope. The envelope covers whatever paper you put in it. Put on Christ means get inside the envelope. <laughs> get in the pool. Let him surround you. And where the envelope goes, what's inside of it goes. If you took an envelope and put a letter inside that envelope, wherever the envelope goes, the letter goes. So think about Jesus is the envelope, and you are the letter inside of the envelope, or a piece of paper down in the envelope. Wherever the envelope goes, you go. Wherever Jesus goes, you go. And you're, sur you're surrounded in him, and that simply means all you see is Jesus. <laughs> if you're in the pool, and you open your eyes if you're under, or even in the ocean. You open your eyes, you see the water. You don't see you know, anything else. You just see the water that surrounds you. He surrounds you. That's why it's important to be in him. In Christ Jesus means you are literally enveloped by him. So it says in Romans 13, 14. By the way, let me know how much time I keep going so I don't go over time. Put on Christ. I know you may want me to keep talking, but it's okay. I'll I'll come tomorrow and continue because I've gotta I've gotta really keep reminding you. Okay, let's let's talk about something. Moses, okay? Here's Moses. Now let's let's suppose we were there with him and we we came out of Egypt. We, we saw the devastation of the land. Now the army of Egypt comes after us, hundreds of thousands of them, and you come to a Red Sea, 
and you say to yourself, if you're in the flesh, you say to yourself, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm trapped. There's no way forward or backward. If, if I go backwards, they kill me, the Egyptian army. If I go forward, I'm going to drown. But Moses did not see the Egyptians and did not see the sea. What did he see? He saw the Lord. Like David in, 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 in Psalm 23, 4, he said, the Lord is with me in that horrible valley of the shadow of death. He said, yea, though I walk through the, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, meaning he never saw the valley. Now, you know, you, th you think about that for just a second. There is a place in the spirit, and I've been there, where the troubles of life disappear in the presence of the Lord. And suddenly the peace of God overwhelms your soul. That's why it says, the peace that passeth all understanding, because you can't explain it. You cannot talk about it. Nobody can understand it unless they're there. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding. I walked into a house one day in Mexico. And a dear lady. I, I flew all the way there because I was having meetings. And a dear man asked me to pray for this dear woman. Who was on a wheelchair with tumors all over her body. Cecilia was her name. And when I walked in, the presence of God on that sweet girl, <gasps> I'll never forget it. It looked like, a, I don't know how to describe her face, was lit up. Just the sweetness of Jesus all over. And then she began to tell me how she did not want God to heal her because she said how the presence of the Lord had so overwhelmed her life, she doesn't want to lose that. I'll never forget that. And, and finally, I had her pray for me. I did not, she would not let me lay hands on her. She said, Pastor Benny, please don't lay hands on me. I don't want to lose the presence of God. She said, in my sickness, I found him. It blessed me beyond words. Now, most people want to be free from sickness. But this sweet lady said, in her sickness, she found the Lord. And all she asked for is, from me is, I don't want to lose the presence of God. She said, don't, don't ask God to heal me. I got on my knees in front of her wheelchair. And I said, you, you, you lay hands on me now. I was weeping, of course. And the sweet presence of the Lord was so rich in that room. That woman was living in a place where she did not see the tumors or care they were even there or, or see her, her sickness. She saw the Lord, like Moses who saw the Lord, like David who saw the Lord. In the midst of trouble, she exactly obeyed Romans 13, 14. And God did it. 
So I'm telling you, you have nothing to worry about. So, so just as I, as I close a little bit here, how does the world and the flesh come back and we get right back in that same terrible place we came out of where now we're not seeing in the spirit anymore. The peace goes. What happens? That's because we did not avoid, if we don't avoid the places that trigger the flesh, we'll, we'll get right back into it. We have to avoid the places that bring the flesh back to life. Example, watching TV, watching the world, being too uh, involved in the news, all the negativity on TV. You get right back into the world. And what happens is that triggers the, the flesh. It comes back to life. And now the world comes back, the fear comes back. Now we are listening to all the bad negative news and we, see, we just so quickly forget the word. And it happens all the time. So don't, don't go somewhere. Don't allow yourself to be uh, captured by the flesh and the world. You just keep your eyes on the Lord. That's the only way to stay in the spirit. And, and it says, uh, can you read me Ephesians 4, 22, 23, 24? Yeah. Yeah. That ye put off concerning the former conversation. Or life or conduct. Conduct. The old man. That's it. Which is corrupt according to the, de to the deceitful lusts and be right. renewed in the spirit of your mind. So how do we put that off? Well, by shutting it out. It says, put off the old man, which is corrupt. Put out that flesh that caused you to uh, live in that old conduct of the flesh. Be renewed in the spirit. Read, read that last part, because it's yes, so sir. powerful. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Yeah. And that ye put on the new man, which, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Well, then, all we have to do is spend time with the Lord, really. And, and the presence of God, the presence of Jesus, will drive away the world out of our lives. Then there's no room for the world to come back and take over our minds. So when it says be renewed in the spirit of your mind, it means the word of God, it means the presence of God will so fill your life that these things will have no place. They, they can't come back. So we have to avoid the triggers that bring the, the flesh back. So uh, one final thing. Ephesians 5.1 says something very key, very key about how to live in the Spirit. Would you mind reading it for me? Yes, sir. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children 
and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Yes. So, what does it mean to follow? You know, you know what that word says in Greek? It says imitate him. If you look it up in Greek. I see it, yeah. Yeah, so what, what, what does it say? An imitator. Yeah, be an imitator. So following the Lord simply me read read the whole thing again and and put the word imitate rather than follow in the in the translation as you read but ye therefore be imitators of god as dear children and walk in love as christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to god for a sweet smelling savor sir is this saying as christ is revealed to us that he would be revealed in us? Yeah, and through us. And through us. Yeah. That's precious. Jacqueline is really loving this, holding that phone. Wow. Over. Walk in love as Christ loved us. Yeah. And gave himself yeah. as an offering. So we, in receiving that revelation, give ourselves to him and love him. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so, but I'm so glad you love the Lord, both of you. To imitate God is to receive his life and draw from his life from within. So he is in us, we draw from him, we draw from his life who he is. Like I've told you and I said it many times, look within. I've always said to Chad when he asked me the question, how do I live? The question, I said, look within. Live from within. In other words, let Jesus live his life through you. And all you do is yield your life to the Lord. And I've said it many times. I'm going I'm to say it one more time. The word try or try harder is not in the Bible. But the word yield is. It says yield your members yield your body as instruments of righteousness surrender to the lord give him your life let him live his life in and through you and the lord said what he he said come unto me if you come to me you're free i'll give you rest and he repeated it in john 15 he said abide in me as the branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, the Christian life is so, so simple. So by receiving his life from within, now we become his children. That's what that means in Ephesians 5. Okay, so that's it. I mean, I'll say more tomorrow, I'm sure. Or I may even show you, I know you really enjoyed yesterday the healing service from uh, Jesus Image, my children's church, my, Michael and Jesse. Uh, or I minister like this tomorrow, or I just uh, let you hear, in, uh, we've had some amazing meetings lately, that I'll take you to, to another service where the presence of the Lord was like heavy. And it's been that almost in every service. Last Friday, oh, oh, thank goodness, in Dallas, 
It was Friday, right? Yeah. The glory of God on that platform. I preached for my nephew uh, Sunday morning. And so I'll try and get that on soon. It was a great service, great service. But anyways, I'll be with you tomorrow, one way or another. But I want to pray with you now that, that all this stuff will just disappear. Remember, all things are yours. Even the world is yours. In Jesus, all the world is yours. And, it, and I was just saying earlier, it's, it's amazing that Paul in that portion in 1 Corinthians did not say the past. He just says present and things to come, meaning that the past doesn't exist. It never happened. Lord, I give you praise. Bless your people, Lord, now. Let them live in that peace that passeth all understanding, Lord, way beyond what we can mentally understand. We give you praise. Be still, you said, and know I am God. Be still and know. Hallelujah. Bring that stillness, that beauty, that quietness in their life today. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, help them obey Romans 13, that they will clothe their life in you. Hallelujah. That you will surround them, Lord, in your holy name, and they will live in you daily. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Love you much, and thank you, you sweet, wonderful people of God, for your comments and your emails and by the way if if you need prayer send me an email today pastor benny at benhin.org because we read your your prayer requests my my staff does even my precious tashi my daughter uh and they respond they they, they sent you they send you back uh you know emails to let you know we are praying for you all right it's time now to give to the Lord's work to secure our future and bless our present. Giving blesses our present and secures our future financially, financially. And you know what the Bible says? It's all there. We are to give. Giving is the law of God. It's not God's advice. It's his will and his word because he wants to bless you beyond your ability to receive the blessings. And all you have to do is believe his word, live the Christian life to the full, and never forget to sow and show your love to the Lord continually as you give. Also, we show our love in many ways, in one way, through giving. So you do it now. You can do it on the platform you're watching me on, or you can go to our website, benin.org, or simply text BHM45777. Much love to you. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.